Lord, I thank you for this day. Guide us, lead us. Allow your word to be heard and understood so that we might live it out. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. There was a, uh, a soccer game we had going on at Pingree. There were two kids running towards the ball. One kid got to the ball first, put his foot on the ball. The next kid got there, plowed right into the first kid. First kid falls, gets back up, pushes the other kid. Example number one. Example number two. Two guys are trying to talk through something. There's a misunderstanding, and one guy starts to share his side. The other guy starts to share his side, but each time one of them tries to share their side, they cut each other off, cut each other off, cut each other off, and now tempers are starting to flare. Now they're not even discussing the points. Now they're discussing why you keep cutting me off and... Point number two. Last one is a, is, is a point that I experience. I experience it quite often. Um, I can't tell you the exact situation because unfortunately it's happened too many times, but there was a time where we had an issue and we had to call uh, about our cell phones and we called the 1-800 number. We got to the department. The department had me explain everything. I explained it for 20 minutes. After that 20 minutes, they said, oh, we need to transfer you. Then they transferred me. I had to re-explain the whole thing again, got to that person. That person said, oh, we need to transfer you. I got to the next person who now I'm like, cool, honey, can you come in? Because I need a break. Honey steps in. She starts explaining. But now I'm not hearing the responses I want from the person. So I'm in the background. No, they need to get it like this. And then, and then honey's not explaining it the way I want her to. So boo, come on now. Say the thing like I told you. To s- <laughs> e- example number three. All around the theme of anger. Anger, this thing that God gives us an example of. He gives us an example of righteous anger. What it means to have values in and of the Lord. And when you see those godly values broken, it upsets you. It makes you angry that someone would compromise the way of the Lord in such a devastating manner. We ain't talking about that today. We're not talking about righteous anger. We're talking about sinful anger. Look with me in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we've been in our series, our, our Kingdom Come series, our series uh, helping us understand teachings from Jesus where he is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's brought, thousands of people have come because he was healing people and teaching and they've come to listen and now the people are being encouraged in the gospel. And if you would look with me in Matthew chapter 5, Verse 21, we will read verse 21 through 26. Bless you, my sister. Starting with verse 21. 
You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to the court to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have passed the last penny. Verse 21, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Jesus is first starting with something familiar. We all understand the the common graces that are given. We all understand some basic rules. We all know on a red light you stop, on a green light you go. And we all, to some degree, uh, uh, the people here understand the principle of taking another's life. That you don't do it. That the sixth commandment in the Ten Commandments says do not murder. But he uses a word here for murder that's a little bit different. It's not just take another life because to take another life could happen by accident. To take another life could happen because of capital punishment if that person had done something. To take another life could happen if God ordains a certain type of conflict. But in this, no, the term is murder. Murder. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Murder is, is this understanding of taking someone else's life through a premeditated response. The premeditated unlawful killing of someone. It is when you, you plan to get them. It is when you decide to get them. Premeditated. I was like, what? I break that down for me again, dictionary. Premeditated is when you think about it or you plan it out. Now, it could be a quick premeditation. Oh, you punch me? Cool. I realize that hurt. Watch this. I'm going to show you an uppercut. See, 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 it doesn't have to be like 10 years of thinking how you're going to get somebody. It can be impulsive, but it's not an accident. It's not as if you ran the light, accidentally hit some, no, It was intentional. And so Jesus is saying, you've heard about the concept of when your heart gets ugly enough that you go and take someone else's life, that you murder someone. You understand that that you will be liable to judgment for that. Well, in verse 22, he says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So now he's, he's helping you understand there's something that you get. You get the murder concept. Let me help you get the angry concept. He's not saying anger and murder are equal, but he does say both have a consequence. Both bring forth judgment. 
And notice the environment, though, by which he says, he says, but I say to you, everyone who is angry with his enemy, angry with his adversary, he says, angry with his brother. See, these are disciples he's teaching. He's trying to help them understand and help us understand that he's bringing in a new kingdom, new covenant, new way of doing things. And the way we do stuff is different, especially the way we do stuff with our brothers and our sisters. The way we do stuff together as a family is different. We don't walk like the world walks. And so when there's a brother or a sister, your anger has to be different. Your anger has to, has to look a bit, a bit different. We're, we're, I, I, I love these verses because uh, these verses uh, take you back to, to, to when you were a child. And when you were a child, you would get taught something. You would get taught to listen to the voice of your parents. You get taught to listen to the voice of your of your loved ones or of your authority figures. You were taught, even if you were in school, you listen to the voice of the teacher. And that voice often would say, I don't care what anyone else says, do what I say. I don't care if your friends were throwing rocks at the window. What did I tell you to do? I don't care if so-and-so was going out when they weren't supposed to. What did I tell you to do. You see, these verses give us the response of the believer. It doesn't give us the trigger for what prompted the anger. It doesn't say, hey, you know, you don't be angry unless they do this, unless they tell you off, unless they steal from you, unless they lie on you. Unless, it doesn't say, those are all excusable reasons to be angry. Actually, none of them are. There is no good reason for you to allow anger to take you over in the same sense that murder flows from the heart, anger flows from the heart, and no one can control you and force you to anger. Pastor, you ain't sounding human right now. You don't, you don't sound like your heartbeat. You don't sound alive right now because you're saying nobody else can force me to anger. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly the premise God gives. He said previously, I've made you into a peacemaker. I've made you into a kingdom citizen. So if you are saying they can force you into something, you're saying that their power is greater than mine. Nobody can force you into anything. Now you with your heart can choose it. And oh, how quickly we choose it. But know who you are and know the limit anger has on controlling you. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. These two terms are like, like, like stuff that we see and we just look past it like, that's it? Insult somebody? You're going to be liable to judgment for that? But, but, but this term raka was kind of like you calling them a, uh, an imbecile, somebody that's 
uh, uh, stupid and has no brain or a fool is like you, you're saying this person is uh, walking without a mind. They're just like dumb. And, and God is, 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 is constantly asking us to pause and gauge who are you? Who are you to call another human being that I've made in my whole image dumb? And an and, and imbecile lacking a mind, a fool. Who are you? When you are an expression of my beautiful creation, and, and they are too, even if they've done something hurtful, even if they've done something harmful. There are times when Jesus' anger does flow, and he gives an example of a king inviting folks to a wedding feast and, and, and those people rejecting him, ignoring him, and even, even stumping on the servants he sends to tell. So he's not saying never be angry. He's saying in these instances, in instances where you become angry because your personality is offended or somebody has wronged you in a manner that doesn't compromise God's kingdom, be careful. Continue with me in verse 22. You fool, you be liable, he says, to the hell of fire. I, I, I'm uh, just, just making clear that people do things to to affect us. People can uh, uh, present, respond, and treat you in ways that are harmful. I'm not saying anger means everyone treats you well. Actually, people can treat you quite disrespectful. But you don't let their treatment hinder your relationship with God. You don't allow how someone else behaves to affect your relationship with God. Look at what it says in verses 23 and 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, what's your gift? Your gift is one of worship. Your gift is one of praise. Your gift is one of celebrating who God is. Your gift is one of connecting with the Lord and saying, Lord, I love you. In this specific scene, that gift actually was a sacrifice that they were bringing to the altar. Verse 23, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. We, 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 we don't walk a whole lot nowadays. Even if you take a trip walking, for the most part, you walk in maybe to a corner store or to the bus stop for the bus to take you somewhere. And, and, and right now in our modern day, we begin to think about how would I reconcile with somebody? Oh, man, the Lord brought it to my attention right before I was taking communion. Let me step out, text this brother right quick. Hey, bro, man, I was tripping yesterday. I'm sorry. See, that's, that's where our minds go. Like, how do I rectify this with ease and quickness? But that's not the image that we're getting here. 
Actually, the image is a bit different. The image is one where you don't live near this church. Actually, you live in southwest Detroit. And you plan to come worship and walk your sacrifice here. So you now start walking the ox or the dove or the calf from southwest Detroit. Yeah, you know where them tacos at. To this church. You finally get to this church. You get to this altar and you get ready to sacrifice. And the Lord says, stop. Walk back. Stop. I know the journey you made. I know the preparation that you took. I know what you were planning to do. But your worship is tarnished. Because back there, you've got something to deal with. You've got an issue to deal with. And, and, and this issue is one that's humbling because when we are in the midst of anger, all we can see is what is right from our lens. I was uh, in, a, in a car accident with some folks from our church some years ago. And there was a sister in the car with us, and uh, the Lord was gracious, allowed us all to be healed. Well, this sister drove kind of a unique car, a two-door Malibu. And I just know that for all of y'all. I, I know y'all cars. I don't stalk you. It's just something that I, that I do. But I do look out. It's part of my shepherding posture, gift, whatever, that, like, I think of you all wherever I am. And I'm like, oh, that's Mar that's. You know, Vashon's car. I wonder if that's Vashon. She cool? She cool. Okay, keep rolling, Pastor. You know, like, it's just. So this day, I'm driving home, and I see her car uh, has plowed through a gate, is in somebody's yard, and there's, like, 20 people around. And, and they seem a bit agitated. From what I gather when I pull in or when I drive up, I'm sensing she has run through their yard and they're pit mad. So I get out the car and I walk over and I'm like, hey, has anybody seen? And I give her description. And they look at me and they're like, nope. No, we haven't seen that person. The ambulance, oh no, we haven't seen that person. And now for context, Everybody outside is black. I'm looking for a small white sister. So I say, hey, you know, is this, was this white sister? Because I'm, I'm kind of in my, in my mode, and, I, and I'm revved up. And they said, no. Nah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I walk back to the car, and the guy says, he says, but, but my sister's okay. And I just got in the car and broke down. Because I was so ready to be right about helping my sister who I thought was in need. And I, and I started to get angry because I could see the anger that was present about this person that had run through there, messed up their house. I'm coming in angry. God was gracious because they were calm and they was cool with me. And then they remind me, no, nah, man, you're supposed to be coming in kind. You're supposed to be asking, hey, what happened? Is everyone okay? 
See, anger will give you such a, a laser focus of rightness that in a situation, you can only see the other person as being wrong. You can only see the other person's issue. And I believe because of God's word, his word that tells us that there is always a plank, always a plank. It says when you go to judge, be careful how you judge. Doesn't say don't judge. Be careful how you judge because of the plank here. So if I have a plank in my eye in this situation that I'm angry about, can I own that? Is that maybe what God is talking about when, when he says don't be angry? He's not saying you're never wrong. He's not saying this person is perfect. He's not saying they're never at fault. He's saying, but you got a part. You got a part. A part to play that can contribute towards reconciliation. But you also have a part to play that controls your heart. You see, nobody else can control you, can force you, can make you, can. I try to give them three chances, Pastor, but you know that fourth chance, that's all you get is four chances with me. Hold up. Is that in Matthew chapter two? What? Where do it say thou shalt get fourth chances? You know, <laughs> the Leon James Bible, you know, like, like we, we come up with this stuff and we think we're really being godly. I've had people tell me that stuff, you know, and you know, you've said that stuff. It makes sense in your mind. Well, I gave them three. How many has God given you? How many does he extend to us again and again and again? So if you're offering your gift at the altar, you're supposed to be worshiping. We are people that worship. This is what we do. But there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. I, uh, I, I like that the Lord is more concerned about you being righteous than operating in ritual. Righteous, meaning reflect who he is, look like him, re represent his righteousness, versus just go through the motions of your ritual. Yep, you came to church today, you prayed, you gave, you went home. You came back next Sunday, you prayed, you gave, you went home. Like, like we can do that on autopilot. We can have a hard heart, solid, but be present every day going through the motions. But God says, forget those motions for now, because notice you're still supposed to come back and worship. You just got something to go handle first. Proverbs 19, 11. It, it, it helps break this down for us. It says, God, it says, uh, 1911 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Or Proverbs 12, 16 says it a little bit more direct. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overtake, overlook an insult. Now, some stuff is 
is is is like insult overlook level. Some things like you just got to let slide. And and I'm saying that because you got to be wise. I mean, you you don't go through life confronting people on every little thing. Some people do and you can't stand them people. For real, bro, my my shoe untied. You gonna call me out on that? Like, come on, bro. You know, like, like, but, 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 but the question here really, though, is are you a person that's slow to anger or are you a person that's slow to patience? Are you a person that's slow to anger? Who God made you to be, the peacemaker that he redefined you as, the person who he says the Holy Spirit now dwells in. Are you slow to anger? Or are you who we once were, living out of our flesh, a slave to our own sin, and slow to patience, slow to peace? There's a brother who wrote for the uh, Desiring God uh, blog. I'm trying to pull up his name because I'm all out of my my order on my notes, but uh, I'll get him in a second. But one of the things that he mentioned that I love Uh, His name is uh, Pastor Scotty Smith uh, for Desiring God. He said, when we overlook an offense, we can rejoice that we're starting to acknowledge our own sin. We begin to believe that the log in our eye is a bigger issue than the speck in someone else's eye. The freest, most joyful Christians I know are the quickest repenters. The freest, most joyous Christians that I know are the quickest repenters. It's not that they have less to repent of. They're just faster at owning their sin, humbling themselves and resting in Jesus. What would that look like in in church conflicts? In family conflicts? If people were quick to repent, quick to own their stuff. I know what they did. They jacked up. But do you believe, too, that God is going to get them? Uh, and this is and this is I'm talking about of the Christian faith. Do you I, see what happens to me is I, I can only say something wrong to my wife for so long. I can only be like. Roll my eyes, any of the passive aggressive stuff that I do and 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 I can only because God convicts, God speaks. God will have her respond in a loving way, even when I'm feeling kind of icky and uh, and I'm like, dummy. See, I can't call you that, but I can say it to myself, dummy. Why? Because godliness is a mirror that makes you see the error of your ways. And so you can only be, well, I question your faith if you can just continue to be rebellious against God for a long time and feel no conviction. We can only, you should only be able to reject the beauty of God for so long before it affects you. And here's the question. Do you believe that God will affect that friend, that coworker, that spouse? See, sometimes we don't have to get into the argument because you're like, okay, God, you saw, get her. Okay, God, you saw, get him. Okay, God, you saw, you know what I'm going through at work. I'm trying to be a, a woman of integrity. I'm trying to be a man that do the right thing. And 
Okay, God. But what, 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 what do we, we want to do? What we want to do is, all right, look. I know I, know I got 3%. The 3% that I did in this conversation, that was wrong. But 97 was yours. And here go to all 97%. I've made a PowerPoint presentation starting at number two. Okay. Like, we want you to know the depth of wrong that you've done. Why? So it can justify our anger. God says, no. No, I want you to go to that person, reconcile. And I love Romans 12, I'm forgetting the verse, but it says that you're, you're to go in, in as much as you are able to go. And in, in, in as much as you are able to bring forth health, you do so. You're not responsible for how they respond. They might respond crazy. They might respond loco. They might respond out of their mind. I, Lord, I, I did my 3%. I'm back to the altar, worshiping, freely, doing my thing now. Because now I've done what God has called me to do. That'd be tough, though, y'all. Be tough, you know. That's why I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because he, he, God wants us to be repenters. But he also wants us to, to grow over time. Oh, that was Romans 12, uh, verse 18, that was. As far as it depends on us, we do our part. But I, I think it's important, though, to to like have the have the have the mindset and understanding for the Christian walk. Have the right mindset and understanding for the Christian walk. I want to pull up a, a picture. The first picture is of me, uh, J.D. and Titus. We went to this thing. It's called uh, a Spartan run. And uh, a Spartan run for anybody that's that like hasn't done one of these things. It's it's like an obstacle course as a kid before adults. All right. And so this this Spartan run was something we did as guys. And it has like, you know, mud everywhere. Obstacle courses where you're jumping up and they got one thing that like has these like electrical wires going across and you you know, in the mud going underneath them and everything. And uh, and it's funny because when I, I talked to my two different groups, right, like I got a bunch of friends and family, but it's interesting when I talked about it and I posted this picture years ago, some of my black friends was like, and you paid to do that? <laughs> and then some of my white friends was like, cool, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't know about it. But then my black friends would be like, you going again? I want to go. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, hey, it was, it was so, so it was a, it was a, it, part of this experience, they tell you, you should bring some things that you don't mind getting dirty. So you bring shoes and even shirts and stuff that you don't even care about. And at the end of it, there is a mound that is bigger than this building, taller than this building, of people when they finish, they just take their shoes off and throw them in it. Go to that second picture. This is how we finished. We went, we went through some stuff. The brothers bonding, you know, we had, we, we had a lot of fun together. We kicked it. But see, but because I knew what I was going through, I went ahead and dressed accordingly. 
I put on the right items. I put on the right gear. I was ready. See, some of you get angry because you want to go to a race like this in a white suit. And then you're mad that other people is getting mud on your white suit. See, see, you are a Christian. Challenges are going to come. And God is saying you live in a different kingdom. I don't care what they're throwing at you. Be prepared. Be prepared to go through some mud. Be prepared to be have your name dragged. Be prepared to go through opposition. And you may leave at the end with very little. You might be taking things off as you go. But your heart, your heart is one where they can't control this anger. Your heart is one where you're prepared and you're ready for what may be thrown at you. It's one where you are equipped and God has said, I've placed it in you. I've already made you a peacemaker. I've changed you. You are no longer that person. Now walk in it. Now be ready. Be ready for the fight. Be ready for the race. The last verses really are something that just like Jesus puts it all into perspective. He puts it all in perspective. I'm sorry, Mama. I know she's wilding. Sorry. We tried to bring her back. It, was, it is what it is, y'all. Baby, baby, on, on, she's kicking it today. But we have multiple, we have multiple examples of this. You know, I, I, I was talking to Edith, and uh, she, she, she really said a number of things that, like, encouraged me in my faith, and she reflected on her mom. And I was like, man, this is just a great example, even during Black History Month. You know, she's talked about being a, a woman that worked at Ford that was, started like watching the other things people did so that she became proficient in her area but then looking at other people's areas she learned their jobs and so now she became a, a real asset because she could do everything you know and she began to move up in the in the trades and one of the things she said she had asked her mom was you know well mom back in the day like wasn't it tough wasn't wasn't racism crazy like you working in a, in a plant in a male-dominated area? And she said, racism? I'm, I'm trying to feed my family. I ain't got time for no racism. Like, like straight laser focus. What? You ain't got time for racism. I always got time for racism. You know, like they said, what? Pause, time out. Shut the line down. Bob, look, we got to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, she... So, so, so if she could not let anger derail her, get her fired, mess up the stability of generations to come after her, if she could have that type of focus, what's, what's my excuse? What's your excuse? We, we don't have people yelling at us on the line. We got memes. What, 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 what we got? Instagram posts. What, what we got? A friend that might lie here and there. What, 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 what do we have? We have a, a spouse who misunderstands us. Is that, is that, is that reason enough really to, to say, and now, God, I will choose slow to patience. Is that reason enough? No. 
Let us take these examples that we get and see that we can be better because of the Christ that lives in us. I'll share this last thing because some of you are like, Pastor, that's so far away from who I am. I, I can't even imagine something that like gets under my skin and impulsively not responding like sometimes I do, Lord, and I've grown. I used to smack them or I used to respond right away. And now like my I, I, I don't say nothing, but it's still all here in my heart. It's still in my heart the whole time and I'm ready to cut them. There's one thing that uh, I was encouraged in, and, and, and it's just that, that God sees you taking steps. God sees you wanting to grow. God sees you asking, Lord, help me with this, and sometimes the steps are small. I remember when uh, I, was, I was trying to get better in basketball, and, and uh, I, I like basketball a lot but I'm right-handed, and I would play with my right hand. And for the most part, I can do a couple moves and do some things, but it was so uh, predictable that some of the defenders began to be able to stop, stop me. And I realized, like, no matter what, I always go into my right hand. So for a year, I practiced trying to do things with my left, trying to do things with my left hand, trying to do things with my left. Now, nobody else knew this. I just was practicing a lot, a lot. There was a game that I played. This brother will never know uh, what he did for my life. The game that we played, I went and drove to the right, but then I did a move and I finished with the left. And afterwards he was like, Leon, I didn't know you were left-handed. And I was like, <laughs> I, fe I felt good. And nobody on the court knew. They didn't know the steps I was taking. They didn't know what I was working on. But what God was showing me in that moment was that he was saying, but I see. But I know. But I'm watching. I see the steps you're taking. I see the preparation. I see what you're trying to do. And though you may have missed many times, the one time you get it, I'll be the one rejoicing with you. You see, sometimes the anger doesn't, it doesn't get solved tomorrow. But work on it, y'all. That's no excuse not to work on it, y'all. And it's no excuse not to celebrate like you just won the NBA championship when you get it right that one time. Because God sees. Maybe your friend doesn't see it. Maybe your family don't see it. Maybe your spouse, maybe your kids, they don't see it. But God sees it and keep over time allowing him to develop you and you will grow. And you look back in five and ten years and you're like, Lord, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. I'm convinced, y'all. that God's made us into a new people. There's a new kingdom that he has. And us being controlled by anger, that ain't a part of it. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your kingdom people. I thank you, Lord, for their ability to hear your word, Lord, but we want it to settle in their hearts and also, Lord, for it to be a, a, 
a tool that equips them to live out your word. I thank you for Pastor Hoy last week that that preached. And I pray each of these sermons from the Sermon on the Mount would just help us understand you more. Help us live for you. Help us to submit to your ways. Help our hearts to break. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. There was there was one last example the Lord I forgot, and the Lord was like, go ahead and share it anyway. I was supposed to wrap up. So something the Lord showed me was the important, not showed me, what his word tells us is the importance of not allowing anger to focus us in our rightness. So we need to be willing to step into the seat of the other person. I've, I've noticed what it does when I call customer service. Sometimes I'll call customer service and say, hey, I know that you have received a lot of anger today. And people have maybe yelled at you before you even said hello. I'm very frustrated right now, but here's a situation I'm trying to deal with and I would like your help. Can we talk? And I tell you, I tell you, it's made a change. It's made a change in me when I pause and I think, how difficult would it be for me if I had to learn Spanish today? For the sake of trying to provide for my family, I have to learn Spanish today and then field calls from people in Spanish and I'm just trying to help them and provide for my family. See, if we, if, we, if we gave you the background of that other person on the phone when you are frustrated and they're the third person you've talked to, they don't know they're the third person. They're trying to love their family and provide to. And, and what if, for a moment, you stopped and put yourself in their shoes? You see, Christ calls us to be other-centered, definitely within the body of Christ. But we are supposed to shine a light out into the world. And I'm convinced, man, this, 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 this waitress told me, she said, I, when I lived out in Boston, Went to seminary. She said, I always know who the Christians are because they tip the least. They tip the least. Right? See, 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 I want a customer service to be like, oh, I could tell by the way they started talking. I got a Christian on the phone. Even when we've been transferred multiple times. It doesn't mean you need to be a, a, a doormat, but it does mean that you have your anger in check. Lord, thank you for my fam. I don't even know why. Maybe that's for one person that's got to call customer service today. I don't even know. But God, work with them. Be with us. We want to bring you glory. We want people to know us by the light we share, not by the anger we give. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Family, um, we are going to take communion and, um, we are doing this as a sign and then as a, thank you, my sister. We are doing this as a continued expression of worship. Uh, God is our everything. Son, please sit down. God is our everything and he has done all things for us. And so we want to, to, heed his obedient commands. Heed his commands with obedience. He commanded us to do this. He says, hey, do this in remembrance of me. And what we're doing is remembering what he's accomplished on the cross 
for all sake, for, our, for us, for animals, for new creation. Jesus did this. He died on the cross. And so we take these things to be reminded of that and to remind us of the new kingdom we get to abide in, kingdom rules. And so if you're a person that's like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm listening to this Jesus. I don't know how much I believe in him. We ask you not to take of communion because communion is something we do as an act of worship. Uh, we still want to walk with you and love you and see you celebrate God and we're here for you. Uh, but until you're ready to acknowledge God as your savior or as your Lord, uh, we, we want to invite you to take a pause. Well, you know what? Let me tell you what that means, Lord and Savior. We at MacAv Church believe God is everything and that we were messed up, broken, and jacked up. But God didn't leave us in our messed upness, in our jacked upness. He stepped into our reality and said, I am willing to allow you to experience peace. He says that, but then he does something to give us peace. He says, hey, sin and pain has a price. That price is death. I will take on the death, the pain that's supposed to be experienced. I will take that on so you can have peace. But there's two things you got to do. Mark 1, verse 15. You've got to repent, meaning choose to turn from your ways because, second thing, you believe. That's it. It's big. It's costly. It means the giving of your life. But it's not like you got to be perfect. You got to have a certain amount of money. You need to have, you know, said these seven things. Even what I just said, you may use a different word than repent. You may use turn. You may say faith instead of believe. The wording isn't right. It's a heart thing of you believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that you're willing to turn from the ways of you leading to the way of him leading. If you want to do that, simply pray this prayer with me. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I want to submit to you. Lord, I'm thankful for you, for you dying so I could live. Now, allow me to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, which will dwell in me and give me wisdom. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then... We want you to grab communion. We want you to be willing to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do this ritual that I'm learning about uh, because I believe Jesus is Lord. And and you can do that today uh, as your first act of of of, of ritual worship uh, with your church family. Oh, and if you believe that and if you prayed it for the first time, maybe. Hey, we as a church are celebrating with you. We love you. Uh, we are we, we about to start, cut on the music and do the soul train line. You know, we, we hype that you are in the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 And, and the, the reason why I say that, family, is I was talking to a woman and she was a sibling of another friend. And she was telling me about things that were taking place in service. I didn't even know she listened to service. She's never checked out our chat, never said anything. And I don't even know if she would come up. And all I know is there's folks out there that may be listening. If they just came to Christ, you know you got a new family now. We would love for your family to be here at MacAv, But if not, we love you are a part of a Christian family. And we want to see you grow in Christ as a Christian family. We are taking communion today. That was a long way to get into communion. All right.